Every obese person I saw in that gym was still obese three years later. They'd never improved. They might marginally got better at press up. And they might have gone from the purple band on the assisted pull-ups to the green band in three years, not lost a pound. And they're there for what keeps them there is the community. It's fantastic for that. But the real reason why they're there is they improve their health and fitness and probably don't do it. It's fucking batters them. Smashed up joints, smashed up bodies. And because the trainers and the coaches more than likely have never been obese, they don't get it. And the ones who are the success stories, say the people who go from obese to fit, one thing that they, they, they typically don't take into account is that they're typically middle class, upper class people who are extremely wealthy who don't have stress otherwise. So or they can go and put an hour's hell, two hours hell into the gym and then go off and do all the other healthy stuff because that's all they've got going. You know, most of them are retired mums. They don't actually think about the, the young man, young woman or any age man or woman who's got to go work a nine to five and graph maybe on minimum wage and come back and that 80 quid a month subscription, it's actually a waste of fucking time. They're better off in a pure gym on their own with just some good knowledge and good application that would do them way better. Way fucking better. Yeah, sorry, I was just ranting. I'm, I'm keeping, I'm that, keeping that in. I mean, as we can we, talk I, about that on this. Talking now, as you can hear, is my mate Ben James. Big and tall model. And I don't think they were big. Yeah, he's right anymore. I think we're, yeah. we're past that, mate, yeah, aren't I think, we? I think, I think that's gone, unfortunately. I mean, international sorry, model. Still that, I guess. I mean, I'm signed internationally. Whether I get booked or not, it's a different question. Role model. You know, I'll certainly... Influencer. That you sure, can use, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, what were you at your biggest, mate? When you were like... What, my heaviest? Like, yeah, yeah. biggest and my lowest point. They're, they're often they're the two ways I tend to, to manage it. Is one was my biggest, one was my lowest. Same period, uh, 28 stone. So just shy of 28 stone, 27 stone. What are you now? Uh, I think I'm about 16 flat, I think. Basically, well, like hell. kilos is what I typically do. So I've done stone, because I assume everyone's listening is going to be English or British. But um, 177 kilos down to 104 right now with another six kilos to go. And then we're wrapped, then we're done. So a lot of weight, mate, yeah. Literally lost. What's like, that, 14? About 13 and a bit stone, I think. So. 13 a bit stone. Does it work out somewhere like that, I think? Somewhat, maybe? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it last time, but like when you were at your heaviest, like in your mental health was in the actual bin. Yeah, I mean, they were byproducts of each other. So, like, from, from my point of view, I mean, that was to me that dark word here, but that was suicidal for me. I mean, I, I'd, I had just tapped out of life. I'd, I was a walking ball of fucking disaster. I would, that was my end goal. I mean, there, there was nothing left for me at that point. I was just a guy. 21, 22 years old, a young kid really, by probably the way we view view the world now, just lost, just totally lost, just just so completely empty and vapid and just broken as a person. And for me, food was like, a, um, I don't know what the fuck it was, to be honest. It was just abuse. It was just self. It was almost like what you sort of eating, like calorie wise. What Jesus you eating Christ. in I mean, a day, I'm, like at your worst. Bear in mind at that point, I'd gone to twenty seven, call it twenty eight stone from like nineteen. So I'd actually gained eight stone in about two years because I just hit the self destruct button. So say like if we went out for drinks, I'll have done a bottle of whiskey craftily before we've even left the house. Oh. So if you're all pre drinking, I know I'm going to go through this bottle of whiskey and I'm not going to let you lot see it, and that's gone straight off the bat. Then we're out, then we start drinking, then comes the beers and the f all that shit. Then you come back, then's the takeaway, the pizzas, next day, it's, it's just that. It's it's the fun guy that everybody loves to be around, but actually the second you're not around him, he's the worst person you could, you'd ever want to, you'd never want to be that guy. Because, you know, from my point of view, I was just living for those moments of like, right, let's fucking drink and get on it, lads, lads, lads. And then the second it was gone, it was like, there's nothing here for me. So I just keep eating. So you're talking like, just as much, just the normal shit everyone normally eats, eggs, whatever, for brekkie, but just a fucking lot of food. It's as simple as that. It was just a binge attitude, this consumption attitude. It was almost just trying to fill a void, basically. I, I do think it was a physical manifestation of the, the, the desire to fill an empty hole inside me. I think it was just a physical expression of that, I think. How'd you get out of that, Ben? I mean, you've had no counselling. Uh, I've done therapy, so I've done therapy, but I've now had no sort of like yeah, none of that. So it's all it is yeah, it's all been self done. So I think I think the way I got out was um, I well I, one major thing that I found out was I had celiac disease, so I didn't know I was gluten intolerant. Yeah, which really explained a lot of the frustrations that had initially stemmed from rugby in the past, where I was constantly exhausted and had big weight fluctuations and stuff. So a lot of that was explainable. And learning that kind of allowed me to uh, rebuild my relationship with my body again. Because I was like, oh, wait a minute. I've been battering it. Yeah, emotionally I'm gone and I'm tapped out and blood. Mentally I'm gone. But the fact that I now realized my body just needed to change the environment, it kind of gave me a new hope to be like, well, actually, I can undo this. There is actually, if I undo this and basically just change this one fact, it was cutting out 
the food groups are gluten, malt, wheat, barley, all that shit. I lost like two stone in a week. So I was like, right, I've gone from this 27 stone 10 to like 25, 10 in literally eight days, 10 days, whatever it was. I had a trip to Mexico lined up. So I was like, right, fucking go to Mexico. That's my last sort of like, my, you know, my best fucking dance, I guess, of, of chaos. And then we'll get back to it because I always had that athlete inside me. So the thing was, when I was 28 stone, I was in the gym every day. Every single day I was in that gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah, every day, every day. So this is the thing, you cannot out-eat a shit, a, a bad diet. It's fucking, sorry, out-train a bad yeah, diet. Yeah, yeah. Impossible. I'll tell you that myself. I can show you the images. It's fucking impossible. I was in that gym every day. So I mean, don't get me wrong, my, my arches and my feet have collapsed. My feet are fucking destroyed. But I would complete 10K every single day on that treadmill, even at 28 stone. Whether I ran it, walked it, Fuck. whatever it took. I was doing hit intervals, doing CrossFit, Murph, all that bollocks, all that high intensity shit. I was still putting my body through. So that guy was there. That that athlete, that hunger, that animal was in me the whole time. And I think that's where a lot of the depression was coming from was it was realized unmatched potential where I knew what I was capable of and I just wasn't doing it. And I think for me, I, I think that's almost the epitome of depression is you know you're capable of more, you're just not doing it. And then you blame yourself and you beat yourself up and you're like, for fuck's sake, you know you're better than this, but then you cave again and you cave again and you cave again. And to me, that's what depression became about was letting myself down it was like why am i just fucking not figuring this out so i was still in the gym every day just found out celiac dropped a little chunk of weight went to mexico loaded tequilas i mean it's quite easy you just swap the beer for tequila because beer is the thing that's actually the problem which was wheat gluten malt and barley this is what i told myself swapped it out for tequila sound no issues came back two weeks of chaos didn't gain a pound and i was like well that's impossible because normally you know calorically and all that sort of shit obviously my issue was the intolerance so then after that, I was like, right, we've, 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 we've cracked it, let's go. And in six months, I went from like 27, 28 stone down to like 19 in six months. It just fell off. Because again, I was I had the baseline fitness to just crack on. I was just like, oh, cool, I figured it out now. It's fucking easy, this. And that gave me a new lease of life. It was like, oh my God, I can be normal. I can, I, I get another go. To me, I, I mentally buried myself. Like mentally, I, I, I truly, like spiritually, mentally died when I was 21, 22. Like, I, I, I think part of me died then. And I think finding out that was like, that was like my revival. It was like the Phoenix sort of thing, where it was like, you got another shot at this, go again. Don't fuck it, you know, don't fuck this one up, but go again. It just set me off, and that was it. So I just re just repaired the relationship with myself. <coughs> How did you sort of like, sort out the relationship with food? Well, how do you sort out that relationship with food? Excuse me. It's a really, really, really good question. I wish there was one straight answer. For me, uh, what sorted out my relationship for, with food was facts, was, was, was numbers. So once I put numbers into the equation and removed all of my feelings, I was always an emotional eater. I'm a very emotional person. Yeah. I am a very sensitive person. I'm uh, super reactive to my environment. I am a product of what's around me. If my flats are shit all, my brains are shit all. It's just how it works. Um, and I think after a very long time of being in denial, because bear in mind, by the way, this is the biggest irony of all. I'm a qualified personal trainer. So 28 stone, yeah. PT, don't really add up. I had the knowledge, just wasn't applying it. Yeah, yeah. And I think what the big thing was, was I was, um, you know, I built a, a long, uh, long, long, long-term issue with food from a really, really young age. It became like an emotional crutch in a lot of ways, traumatic childhood, all that shit. So food was always the thing that I turned to binging mostly the way I repaired it was by um, removing emotion so just like I say just putting it into numbers so being honest with myself how much have you actually eaten and you put oh I've only had a bit of this and a bit of that and yeah but while you were looking for the food for dinner you had like a fucking few blocks of cheese in your, in your mouth and you had a couple of crisps and a bit and it's like I had to just be more and more honest with myself every single day where it was like mate you're fucking lying to yourself again be honest, what have you actually consumed? And then I just started to log it. My fitness pal, food diary, whatever I wanted to do. And just did it into logic. And it was like... Would you recommend it to have it for everybody to, to log the food? If you're, if you, I would say yes, if you're like obese and your life's out of control and you truly have no control of, of yourself with food, then you need to unfortunately get a fucking reality check with yourself. And I'm not going to be brutal to anybody here because I'm sure they're sick of people being arseholes to them because I was sick of it when I was big. But you have to be really brutal to yourself and be like, right, what's actually happening? Be honest with me. That it's a bit like if you sit down with your accountant, all right, you can be like, "Fucking hell, you on about? Yeah, I didn't yeah. spend out." And they're like, "Mate, there's two grand out of your account. Where is it?" And you're like, "Why are you on about?" It's it's the same attitude to yourself. Money and food, your behaviors are almost they almost mirror each other. They're almost identical. 
So if you don't want to look at your food diary, that's food diary, look in your bank account. How many trips to Asda are there? How many times does it say Asda, Morrison's, Tesco, whatever? How many times does it say that and how much you're spending? So if you don't look at the food, look at the cash. Because either way, whenever you have an emotional turmoil, you typically express yourself in those two areas. You lead to some sort of consumption, whether it's monetarily or in terms of food. So if you don't track your food, track your cash. If you don't track your cash, track your food. There is no other option. You will never be an intuitive eater if your intuition is broken. What do you mean by that? Well, if my, if my intuition is to binge, how the fuck am I going to learn to be an intuitive eater? I have, to, I have to give myself over to a system, to a solution, to a numbers game, because it is effectively a game of numbers. It's a game of balance. This is not good advice for someone who's on the other side of the spectrum. If somebody's had anorexia or something, numbers are the devil to them because it's obsessive control. And that's the very thing they don't have. So if anybody's listened to that with that, please do not listen to that advice because that's a different journey. One I can't advise on. But if you're someone who's obese, who's had a strong, lifelong issue with overconsumption, binging, that sort of stuff, you need to try a different option. Your intuition will never, ever, ever serve you right because you've built your intuition likely on the back of trauma and your trauma is actually what's telling you to intuitively eat by overeating. So you're not listening to your intuition, you're listening to your trauma. So you've got to take that out. Take it out by applying numbers. Start simple. Let's say you're 20 stone. Your BMR is probably 5,000 calories a day, 4,500 calories a day. Let's say five because it's easy. Start tracking your food and just allow yourself to eat 4,000 calories a day. Doesn't matter what it consists of initially. You can have fun with it. Have pizzas, do what the fuck you want. But honestly, as long as you stay within that number, do that for two months. Not lost any weight, that's because you're eating too How much. do you track calories? Me, I use my fitness pass. I just scan my stuff in, barcode in. So yeah. I, I know my number's kind of pretty much inside out at this point. But that ironically allows me to now be intuitive. Because I've repaired all my relationship, I no longer live under a, a, a you know, with a pair of scales and a microscope to say, oh, that's 200 grams of chicken. I don't, I don't have to do that as much anymore because it's like, well, I'm sound. I'm in a healthy position. I just have a bit to eat, chill out. It's easy. It's not that deep. But the beginning, the way to repair it and to, and to, to get over it is to apply a system. You've got to have a method. There's, there's got to be some logic behind your decisions because right now you, you're likely living illogically and that's what I was I was just living illogically at any point like through that journey mate of like going through it because obviously you've, you've had a lot of chubby chases you haven't you yeah did, you, did your identity your, did your identity get attached to the to that where you're thinking oh people like me like this so I'm like well, just explain to people mate what that means when we say chubby chaser like because because you started like yeah. doing your because we talked about it last time, didn't we, about your TikTok and you blew up on TikTok quite quickly. Yes, I did, yeah. And then all of a sudden you got these... Yeah, I was one of those lockdown people who just was viral for like no apparent reason. Um, yeah. And it just exploded. So obviously I was already a... So one of the ironic things, as someone who's a model, I was a more successful model as someone who was five stone heavier than I am now. So you typically envision a model, you envision the abs and that sort of stuff and the cheekbones. Me pursuing that has actually cost me my career. Ironically, as a direct model, now I'm more of a content creator, whatever, it is what it is. But that's actually cost me my career because my position in the market was a men's plus size, big and tall model. So when I got to my 21 stone mark, that's when I got signed as a model. It was about two years deep, smashing it, done Calvin Klein, Ted Baker, fucking yeah. big clients, ASOS, campaigns on Oxford Street, all that. TV, Sky One, Giacomo, of course. Yeah. Done all that sort of jive. Really good. Worked with some athletes like Courtney Laws and done some stuff on telly. Really, really was doing really well. But I knew in my heart that wasn't right because that uh, that wasn't the person I wanted to be. Like, yes, it was it was serving a purpose for the time and then. And I'd attached some really good values to that by saying, actually, this might help other big lads when they can see you can be happy now. Yeah. You can be successful now. You don't have to wait to be thin to be to be those things. You can do it now. However, there is an overarching fitness journey. So when the TikTok thing happened during lockdown, I mean, that blew up to like just shy of 300,000 followers in something like 10 weeks. And that put me in like Good Morning America, Esquire magazine in Singapore, um, like features in Vogue Japan, like just nuts. But it was because I was a big guy. It wasn't because I was exceptionally talented or exceptionally good looking or whatever. It's because I was fitting this narrative of like big is beautiful and all this body positive stuff. And with it was, it's one thing where I've seen in the moment, especially when you're young, you're kind of like, oh, this is men. Look how much success I'm getting. The likes are pouring in, the yeah. followers are pouring in, the cash is pouring in. And you're like, oh, this is men. And you, you go with it. And then eventually you kind of sit there and you look back at the situation. You go like, something just don't feel right. Like these people aren't really my people. They're not really there to support me. They're there because it's, it's feeding into maybe uh, their fetish or to their overarching yeah. like purpose, maybe their idea of what they want you to be. And well, the biggest issue was obviously Tim said it was the chubby chaser thing. Yeah. 
you just ended up in this sort of like sexualization of, of, of people. People just looking at it as like an object, objectifying like an object, like a piece of meat. And the second you did something that they didn't like, it was like, well, fuck you, then cancelled. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have a girlfriend? Gone. Don't you dare get a girlfriend because these people have this idea. That it's like they own you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're theirs. And the second you want to change your body or change anything, you get hate immediately. So for me, like, it's obviously I started to blow up. I mean, the ironic thing was when, when I really blew up on TikTok, I was fucking pretty depressed. I'd just come back from Los Angeles. I just jumped out of a fucking, I mean, I say the word toxic relationship. It was fucking two ways. I was as bad as she was as bad. We were just not good for each other. Yeah. We were both bullshitting each other and bull, and she was bullshitting the public and I was just getting on with my thing. So yeah. whatever. So I just come out of that mess. And then all of a sudden I'm there, I'm facing a lawsuit as well. I was, I was uh, my old agent filed a lawsuit against me. One of my old agents. Anyway, I can't say who, cause I think the lawsuit's still valid. It has been pulled, but in having yeah. a shit show during lockdown, fucking yeah. disaster. So, um, yeah, I just found myself in a position where obviously the only thing I had going for me was this quote unquote and success. So I was like, fuck it. But then once the dust lays and, and obviously dust settles and, and, and you fast forward and you're like, nah, I don't want a piece of this anymore. So that's where I just committed to just what I do now, which is just fitness and fashion. That's it. And then what's it like at the time when you, when you like that, you're thinking, oh, great, this is, and then you're just getting offers left, right and center from yeah. people. Yeah. Some a little bit untoward than others. You're getting propositioned by, and I'm, I'm going to be really honest here, and this is probably risque for me to say, but you're being propositioned by global industry uh, leaders, people who are like in decision, decision makers who can change your life with one button, propositioning you for sex, propositioning you for relationships, that sort of stuff. Happened twice. But never say who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's actually serious. Like, it's actually fucking, really fucking bad. And I won't, I'm, I'm not going to play this role, but if the gender roles were reversed, we would have some serious fucking issues with this. But it happens every day. It happens all the time. So, yeah. So that, for me, was for me to get my, my revenge, my almost my sort of, like, rebellions, was just standing up for myself and just looking after my own body, which is insane. Seems insane that losing weight was rebellious. That being fit and being strong and being active and, and, and improving my health and my life quality was oh, what a moment. Yeah. I never thought of it like yeah. that. It was like you're being punished sick. for it. Being yeah. like you get less jobs, you'll get you you won't be as liked, you won't and all that stuff starts to fade away. And all the comments change to like you're losing too much weight, you're this, um, you've got body dysmorphia. They're getting in your head. They're trying to sort of like inter intercept your own belief system of what you're actually trying to achieve. And they're like, you know, you don't just want to be an average guy, this, like what you are now is special. And I'm like, what I am now is depressed. This is a byproduct of like 20 odd years worth of like pain and trauma. Like, get fucked. Like, I'm, I'm gonna bang the gym and I'm gonna do what I want. And if you don't want to view it, unfollow. It's quite simple. But the, 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 there's this really like dark, like aggressive narrative around this body positive stuff. That's just, it's just not healthy. And I'm not talking about health as in the people who do it themselves. I'm talking about the attitudes and the, and the community. It's a very angry, quite aggressive community at times. And even me saying this will probably end up in me getting some backlash or anger because they're just these sort of like angry American liberal types where it's like cancel everything and get the pitchforks out. And it's fucking like, Jesus Christ, mate. It's just a bit of content on the internet. Like all I really talk about is men's fashion and fitness. It's not that deep, but they often want to turn it into like this huge thing. And it's like, fucking forget about it. I'm just going to go do my thing. And that's, that's kind of the attitude I've got now really. You've got to, haven't you? 100%. And look, don't get me wrong, I'm not doing bad. I've closed up my highest earning month last month, but it's on really? my terms. It's, it's, it's in the brand that I want. And it's, it's, it's what I, I feel much better about it. Uh, it's more honest. It's more authentic. It's more like, it's more scalable. Yeah. It's more You're an amazing content creator, Ben. Appreciate I know I've told you. you this before, yeah, but, thanks, but you mate, are yeah. in such a, the way you do videos and stuff yeah, like that cheers, is insane. Mate, yeah. Yeah, it's like, just like, you do think of, you've actually got your own videographer when, you, when I look at the stuff, I'm thinking, how's he actually doing this? Is it? Yeah. But you're actually doing it yourself it's and you show me, it's mint. Yeah, it's all myself. So all, all the stills and all the imagery, they're all self-shot. Yeah. So that's just self-portraiture. But all the videos, I try, I try and like, I'm getting, I'm putting in more effort in that. But you've got such a good strategical brain as well, mate, aren't you? You know what you're doing. You've got a good creative mind. So I've just got a really good vision of the end product. So I kind of always have an idea in my head of what I want to see and what I want other people to see in terms of like, basically my idea is, and I think this is a lot of people are saying this right now, whenever I make a piece of content, would I watch it? That's it. That's, that's how I produce a piece of content. Would I watch it? If I wouldn't, I ain't fucking making it. I don't care what trending sound it is. I don't care yeah. what hashtag it is. I don't care what brand might like to see me say that about them. It's almost like you're doing it for yourself. I just do it for myself. Right. And then eventually, all of a sudden, you find there's actually probably a few thousand lads who are the same as you and yeah. they think it's funny and sound and they get on with it. Yeah. And you just do that. Just keep doing that. 
and then they just start engaging with it. There's a lad that I follow on TikTok called Mitch Summit. Mate, he's fucking killing it. This kid, he's brilliant to watch. And all he is, is he's an asset manager, a young lad, he's like early 20s in London. He's got a bit of an East, East End boy accent. He's a good looking lad. And all he does is vlogs every day. Just vlogs every single day, his life, normal life. Not model bullshit yeah, yeah, life, yeah. real life. And he's quality. He's absolutely class. It's nice when you get people like that. Yeah, mate, but that's what, that's what people want. People want these real people. I mean, look, it's like sales, right? In sales, people buy from people. That's yeah. that's the, 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 the overarching message yeah, of all yeah. sales. People buy from people. Content's going down the exact same route. People want to see people. We're not bothered about all this threat around AI and all this shit. You can tell an AI video from uh, from everything else a million times over. It's so obvious because we just instinctually, we know what's human and what's not. And all we're really looking for is other people. We're looking for like-minded people. We're social animals, right? Like that's the... You know, the, the reason why humans are, they are, we live in social packs, all this sort of yeah. stuff. We built the ways of communication five different ways or whatever, because we just like people. So content's just a reflection of what the people want to see. And are you the kind of person that they want to see? Maybe you're not, that's okay. But don't ever try and be something you're not, just be yourself. Just fucking have some fun with it. That's the real trick, mate, yeah, isn't it? Not doing it for the people. Just do it for yourself. Yeah. I did it for other people for the first couple of years. And, you know, last time we had this conversation, yeah. a lot of that, what what I've referred to as success here, was just a waste of time, really, for me. It was good for the moment, and everybody benefited it, and all the right people made all the money, and everyone got everything what they wanted to get out of it. But as I sat there, like, it just, more and more in time, it just became something I was like, this isn't me, you know? This isn't me. And I just, I just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't live with it. So I just got to the point, I was like, fuck it. Start fresh. But the thing is with you, Ben, you've like you've got really good integrity and like really good belief system, haven't you? And it's always been there. But there's kids out there that have never had that. They don't know that values of belief system and what true identity is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I first of all appreciate you saying that. I, I definitely haven't had that at times in my life. Again, but I don't know. You've always had it there from when young. It's you always just, been there. You've kind of just. It's always been there, yeah, but life yeah. happens and sometimes you get distracted yeah, by yeah. stupid shit and you yeah. get yourself involved with daft relationships and you make stupid fucking mistakes. But yeah. then ultimately in the, the day, you, when you look back at yourself, you, you just like I said, go back to the point I made about food. You've just got to be honest with yourself. you just you just got to be real with yourself and just really, really have that painful uh, self-exchange where you're just like, who are you kidding? I mean, there's a poem I use that's fantastic called The Man in the Glass. Um, yeah. I'm mean, gonna pull it up if you, if you want me to hear me read it out. I've read it out. I've read it out. I've read it, mate. Man in glass. So I've read that when I was. I first saw that when I was about 21. I think yeah. that was probably the thing that that had the most profound impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I saw a lot of my dad in that. So my dad's a really big feature in my life. Yeah. He's he's a really. It's a quite a special relationship to me because it's it's changed so much over the years. It's been as bad as I think it could get, and it's been and it's currently the best it's ever been, and it's only getting better. Um. And like having him as a person where I can see him a lot in that poem, because he's just a bloke. You know, he's not, he's not my dad, he's a, he's a bloke. We're all just people, you know, I, I remove that title yeah. and then look at his life and go like, well, if I was him, I'd have done the same fucking thing. Read it out to him then, read, read, read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pull it up. Turn that might, might take me a second. The thing is, after, after you like, when I talked to you last time, um, I read it and yeah. like, I'm like, oh my sweet God, like I just struck it home. Just, it just hits you. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to butcher this. It's fine. But, um... It is beautiful. Time and notifications are off. So, it's basically, the, the, the premise around the poem, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's just called the, the Man in the Glass. And uh, this is how it goes. So, when you get what you want in your struggle for self, and the world makes you king for a day, then go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that man has to say. For it isn't a man's father, mother, or wife, whose judgment upon him he must pass... The fella whose verdict counts most in life is the man staring back from the glass. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear to the end. And you've passed your most dangerous, difficult test if the man in the glass is your friend. You can fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass. But the final reward will be heartache and tears if you've cheated the man in the glass. Simple simple it's everything that's everything every single time I read it I don't read it all the time yeah, obviously yeah. it wears off but like I get goosebumps when I yeah, read it it's yeah, just because it's, it's just simple it's as simple as that that's all that matters in the end yeah. you know there's another daft saying which is honestly a bit dark but there's no no bunk beds in the graveyard yeah. you know you're going out of this on your own whether you like it or not yeah. no matter who's around you now at the end of the day it's you and you yeah. so you may as well start now I'm yeah. just so buzzing with myself how proud I am that I, I actually look at myself in the mirror I'm really proud of the, the man Good. that stares back yeah because that's the biggest thing it's the biggest, it's thing. The biggest thing there were times where I couldn't same 
but the same. I mean, just fucking selling myself out. Oh, yeah. And you distract yourself with more booze and more bollocks yeah, and more food yeah, yeah. and more, more relationships women, and more women, women and anything. Yeah. Anything to just get you out of that moment of like, I don't want to see that. And you just literally go and distract yourself and cause chaos. Because that's another thing. Chaos is like, yeah. you know, to a broken mind, chaos is brilliant. Oh, I love chaos. It's fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. That's the danger. You, you, unfortunately, the, the reality of changing yourself, changing life, whatever you want to call it, it's quite boring. It's just a game of maths. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to just, you just, it's a space of stillness, just you in the mirror. You know, whether it's literally or whether it's figuratively. You've yeah. just got to always have that noise in your head of like that, some, almost as if you're watching yourself in a yeah. moment, like, what are you doing? Do you really need to say that to them? Do you really need to bark at them? Like, even yeah. if it's deaf stuff, traffic lights beeping at someone because they're three seconds too slow. Yeah. Is there any need? You know, yeah. like just have that word with yourself constantly. Yeah. I, I still do it now. You know, still in the gym the other day, I felt rotten. I had to go back and apologize to this young lad because I was in the gym all, you know, doing my whatever. And this young lad, bless him, he was probably, it's probably the same age, but you could tell he was brand new to the gym, a bit shy, but yeah. he put himself in a really awkward position and it kind of was in, I was trying to dumbbell row and he was stood in a wrong, and I sort of was like, mate, you know, fucking move sort of thing. And afterwards, I was like, they really need to do that. Yeah. So I went back and apologised and sort of said, oh, sorry, mate, I didn't Testosterone mean to. Testosterone is a little Yeah, but it's just about, it's those little micro things where you've got to be like, that's not the guy you want to be. You know, yeah. you don't need to be that guy. So, yeah. yeah, for me, that's what that poem does. It just it just keeps me in that space. Yeah. I know I probably butchered the reading there. But, it, nah, nah, man, it's just, um, it, it, it's like, I think when I first started doing videos, um, and I knew we had to do them and start doing them. Yeah. Um, and it came very apparent that when I'm doing videos, I was actually looking at myself in the mirror yes and I'm like that and yeah. I'm looking and I'm like oh shit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I wasn't I'm not ready to do videos yet yeah you'll talk to yourself do, out yeah 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 I mean a lot of trick for that is or like, what people do is they'll put a mask on hi guys today yeah. we're going to be a little bit prime and you're like whoa that's, wait that's, a minute that's, that's even worse, that's worse. because you're building foundations on something you're not yeah and if there's one way to make a, a tower come tumbling down it's to build it on dodgy foundations yeah there's no point in in using an act to get you far yeah, up yeah, yeah. in the end you're just going to walk away from it anyway yeah so yeah i meant the same i mean for me I, I actually when i first started i'd only use the rear camera right so i'd never use the front facing because i'd be looking at myself too much whether that's narcissism or not i don't know but yeah i'd just be looking at myself too much so i'd just do the rear facing and after a while you just become more present in the moment then because it's easier to speak from the chest when um, you're not watching yourself, you know, like you, yeah. can, just, you can just speak. That's exactly like it. Like right man. now, we're just chatting. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. actually forget this is a podcast. You yeah. forget there's cameras there yeah. because you're not got a mirror behind you to look at yourself. Yeah. So obviously that's what the phone is. So you see it all the time. That's what it is. You're talking from here. Yeah, you're talking uh, yeah. straight. You're just talking. Too many people talk from here. Yeah, they're thinking too much. They're thinking, how does this sound? How am I infected? How are they thinking? What are they going to think of yeah, me? Yeah, what's my pacing? Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, this yeah, right. yeah. Too How much. many numbers are going to get on this video? Exactly. Do, 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 well, this brand do, do, like this, do, do, oh, do, do, I can't do. say that because that'll affect this brand deal. And that. and that they're, they're thinking about 50 other things when all they're really trying to do is talk. And then the viewer can feel that. The viewer can sense you're not right. You, you can't kid the public ever, ever. Look how many celebrities have had a massive downfall because no matter how perfect they are, yeah. you can't kid us. I'm not going to mention it. You when you were lying to the man in well, the look class. look what's going on the ITV at the moment. You know, I'm not going to mention his name. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 like yeah, Voldemort, yeah. I think. But but all of us for years were like, what a fantastic dream job. You know, him yeah. and Ollie, blah, 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 blah. And you look at it and you're like, everyone goes, do you know what I fucking knew? Everybody all of a sudden agrees that we all had a good feeling about it. And whether we did or we didn't, and whether maybe that's just, you know, yeah, some yeah. sort of social bullshit. But nonetheless, we sit there and go, I fucking knew he wasn't right. It's not about him, wasn't right. And you can tell you will never ever kid the public. I've tried. You won't. It's you, you won't even kid yourself. Whether you can't kid them or not, in the just day, that you won't kid yourself. Because you're the one who has to go to bed. You're the one who has to sit with that on a night. You're yeah, the one yeah. who's going to sit reviewing those insights and those statistics and yeah, on, all that, on all that all that data. And you're the one that's going to know something, right? And whether the crack show or they don't, you're just going to have a miserable life. Yeah, cheat the man. Just crack on. Just crack on. Enjoy it. It's not that deep. It's really not that big, big a deal. If you don't speak perfectly, good. If you've got a bit of a Yorkshire twang, cracking. Good. Use good. it. Sean Bean's done a pretty good job of it. I've yeah, never yeah. known a bloke in Hollywood. What, he's done 30 years of a career. I've not heard him yeah. do an American accent once. You know, if it's that French bastard. And yeah. all that, he's the most Yorkshire bloke ever. You can't even imagine him in Hollywood. But he's a prime example of like, don't matter. To be you. You know. It's not that. It's not that scary. It's not that. Yeah. I'd rather be judged for what I am than not. You know, for just for something I'm not. It's... Talk to me about your regime now, then, mate. Okay. Right. So we're down to 
this weight now and you want to get to a level where you're just going to maintain it yeah talk to me like about the steps that you have to do and like what your supplementation and that kind of thing yeah Yeah. Yeah, so um so we'll sort of reverse it so supplementation for me is actually the last thing that i would ever sort of like pick so we'll discuss that a bit at the end yeah the real steps to me so the, the real method is pretty simple I, mean, I am in the gym a lot so i am in there five to six days a week that's just because i enjoy it what time of training are you doing um it's quite typically sort of like i guess you'd quantify it as like bodybuilding-esque just because it's predominantly just heavy weight lifting with a lot of hypertrophy type sets so yeah. i'm mostly just just lifting weights i'm not really doing hit intervals there's no crossfit type style there's no because you don't workouts. like that or because you want a certain body composition what's the what's the reason well, because for my that? primary goal is body composition it makes no sense for me to do and go functional yeah, workouts. Yeah, yeah. it's a waste of time for me to go and try and snatch 100 kilos yeah. as much as that's fun and that's cool and that's a separate target for me, I just want to look pretty good naked. I mean, that's kind of where I want to get to. I, yeah. I look all right now and I'm happy with where I'm at, but, you know, yeah, I want, I want the missus to see us getting out of the shower and, you know, that's, 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 that's the goal, to be honest. So the training is very much... How much does health and longevity sort of like play a factor within that body composition? Massive. massive. Yeah. So that, that's why it's taken me such a long period to achieve this, because I've not cheated it or done any shortcuts. Yeah. Health is the primary thing. Second to that's longevity because they go hand in hand. Third to that's aesthetics. Right, okay. Aesthetics is important because I want to look good. Yeah. I think everybody agrees they're probably yeah. similar for themselves. But if I can't do what I'm doing now when I'm 60, it's pointless. If I can't do what, you know, if I, if, if I don't have a body that's going to carry me to my 70s and 80s, whatever I do now is a waste of time. Yeah, great. Because at the end of the day, I want to be a dad. I want to be a granddad. I want to go all the way with this. I have a long, big body that's had a lot of years of abuse. I mean, I'm six foot six. So I'm, suscept- I'm going to be susceptible to a lot of bone issues, joint issues, back issues, that sort of stuff. So it's pointless me kicking the shit out of what potentially could end up knackered in 30, 40 years. So right now, health and longevity, primary factors. And that's why I choose more of a quote-unquote bodybuilder type approach because it's more about targeting the muscles rather than it is about joints overextending, and, yeah, hyper- yeah, yeah. hyperflex and all that sort of stuff. Yes, I do train in a very uh, specific way. So I always elongate the muscle and overstretch and that sort of stuff. But we're not in the, like I used to do in the past, a lot of overhead squats and shoulder mobility stuff. Because my shoulder ability is great. My, 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 my yeah, mobility yeah. is fantastic. There's no need for me to push it to like, can you walk on your hands? No, because when the fuck am I ever going to do that? Yeah. Like it's pointless. So a lot of the training reflects just what I do in life. Squats, deadlifts, that sort of stuff. Simple. But the actual regime itself is one I've written myself. So um, it's pretty simple. Just do push and back. So chest and back on a Monday. Shoulders, arms, Tuesday. Legs, Wednesday. Rest, repeat. And then the, the, I front load the week, so I call it front loading, where the front, the, the, sorry, the first portion of the week is where a lot of the heavy work gets done. That's where the grunt work's done. So that's where the heavy dumbbells, heavy bench, the heavy compounds effectively exist. They're the ones that obviously. What are you going up to max where, you, where, where you're sitting at about 90%, 80%? 80, well, 80 to 85 to right, 90. Okay. So it's, it's intense. Yeah, so the, yeah. first, the, first, the first three days are very, very But intense. not enough that you're going to blow something out. You're not, not enough to rip right. a disc out my back or like, you know, anything daft like that. Yeah. So I'm going, I'm going hard on the first three days. The second three days, I'm replicating the same movements, but I'll take all those movements and take out say a dumbbell press and go for a plate loaded press on a machine right, okay. that gives my joints some rest yeah, that yeah, gives yeah, 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 allows yeah, me yeah. to just squeeze and isolate and yeah. just focus on the intended area without putting myself under massive so it's kind of active recovery in sort a of. way it's, it's, well, it's still super it's still you're still pushing to failure you're still yeah. battering yourself but you're just not damaging yourself you're not risking any tendon or joint damage so you're really just focusing purely on muscle contraction where the load's significantly less so say if on in, in, in the front load let's say just for numbers sake your dumbbell press might be 50 kilos for four sets of six to eight or whatever something around that range on the second portion you're going to go plate loaded press don't get me wrong the numbers aren't necessarily um equivalent because it's it's, it's, it's a totally different plane of movement obviously one's against gravity the other one's not it's quite simple but you're going to maybe do 70% less than that and just focus only on squeezing squeezing your tits together basically as well trying to push blood yeah, through yeah, yeah. so it's a lot of training but it's not that demanding it, it's, it's, it's quite well balanced and in terms of cardio I just do steps I don't actually do any cardio anymore I've completely canned traditional steady state or hit intervals because to be honest when you're doing sets of 12 to 15 on squats Trust me, that's fucking cardio. Yeah. When you're really, really, really slowing down that eccentric and going past the hip crease and you're, you're doing like a Tom Platz-esque squat yeah, where yeah. your quads are overstretched, yeah. try and do 15 reps of almost any weight at they that. You were a beast in, weren't you, you, Tom Platz? You'll be blowing out your yeah. ass. You know, your lungs will be pumping. So because I'm in such a deficit, 
it's pointless me having a really stressful, really anabolically, sorry, but dry mouth, anabolically demanding workout, and also even one that's going to just demand significant amounts of carbohydrates from my body. Pointless me doing that because I'm not going to replenish it. So I'm going to be fucking miserable, deflated. I'm going to be desperate to, to overeat and binge. So I'm just trying to reduce as much stress as I can, but in a way where I can still be consistent. So high step count, which just means I move a lot throughout the day, which is what you should do anyway. You shouldn't have a golden hour. You shouldn't sit in an office eight hours a day, get up, batter yourself for 60 minutes and go home. I tell you now, if you're already obese and you're coming from that, that will never be enough for you, ever. That will never, ever, ever give you enough without an extreme deficit. But the way to combat that is just to move more and have a sensible deficit and find a modality of exercise you just enjoy. I enjoy the gym. It's fun for me. It's my, it's my environment. I, I find it, it's just, I just enjoy that process. I like yeah. that, that space in my, in my mind. Not everybody does. If you're, maybe, you're, maybe you're a woman who used to play netball back at school and you fancy it, go play netball. Do that two, three times a week and then just focus on being active throughout the day. And all then you've got to do is just manage your deficit, which is easy. When how you, do you manage you your deficit? How do you manage your deficit? Well, once you've got a numbers goal, you just got to fit the numbers, right? How do you get a numbers goal? So if you use something like what you call like a BMR calculator, so anybody can do this, just go on Google, put in, type in the term BMR, so Bravo Mother Ro- Romeo calculator, and that'll give you... And what, BMR stands for what? Basal, so your baseline. So basal metabolic rate. Right, so okay. it's the baseline of, of which you metabolize food and what rate that happens. The bigger you are, typically your BMR is higher because obviously to sustain that weight, you need more food. Yeah. It's pretty simple logic. Yeah. So once you've established your BMR, all you're really looking to do is just create a three to 500 calorie deficit per day. And the, cal- the calculator will give you it. You put in your height, age, weight, and how active you are. The how active you are is pretty subjective because obviously it's like moderate, intense, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Again, another space for you to brutally honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, don't over bullshit yeah, just yeah, because yeah. you've done CrossFit for yeah, 45 really minutes. Really active. That might be an intense 45 minutes, but if you do that and then go sit on the sofa for four hours, you're actually not that active. You just have 45 minutes of chaos. Like, not that, innit? I never yeah, thought of it like that. It's not that, you're not actually that active at all. Like you've not, you've only just done half a football match. It's not very fucking active, is it really? No. When all you've done for the rest of the day is sit on your ass for 14, 16 hours because you've got to sleep for eight. So let's say you sleep for eight, you, of your 16, you move for 45 minutes. It's not really going to get you anywhere. It might get you- Nobody to, thinks of it like that though, do it, it might get you, it will, it will improve your fitness. You will perform better at those tasks. You will become better at clean and jerk, pull-ups, whatever, but you might not necessarily achieve anything else. You might not get leaner, slimmer, lighter, fitter. Well, sorry, you will be fitter, but you, you won't, you, you, your appearance won't change. It's just never going to change unless the deficit's there. And that's the key thing here. So they use the BMR calculator, yeah. get your number. Let's guesstimate it's 3,000 calories a day. Yeah. Just aim for 2,700. But do that for a month. One month. Regardless of whether you see results or not. Don't even bother. Weigh yourself on day one if, if weight's the issue. Specifically weight, not fat loss, but weight is the issue. Weigh yourself on day one. Never weigh yourself again for another four weeks. Because this isn't about progress. This is about building behaviors. This is about building attitudes and about falling in love with the process and actually just enjoying the fact that this is who you are now. You're becoming a new person. It doesn't matter if you lost weight or not. You're changing as a human being. So there's no point in having the scales dictate, especially, again, if you're a woman, your menstrual cycle is going to kick in that period. You're going to have a natural weight fluctuation anyway. So that's kind of a waste of time. There's no point in using the scales to dictate whether you've done well. Bit off topic here, but it's one of the reasons why I'd never be a bodybuilder because you're outsourcing your success to three judges with a clipboard. Yeah. So you can kick the shit out of yourself for a year, go through hell, and then a bloke with a clipboard just doesn't like you. Doesn't doesn't like your look, doesn't like your symmetry, doesn't like this, you didn't win. But you put in all that work and all of that's now diminished and devalued. And it's the same- all on that one outcome. Because of one outcome, which is an uncontrollable variable you've outsourced to somebody else, to a subjective variable they've decided. Now the scales aren't human and then they don't have subjection, but your body does because it can be subject to how much glycogen's in your body? How much water? Have you been to the loo that morning? You might not have been to the loo yet. Sometimes your loo can be an extra two, three kilos of mass, of, of waste, of water and everything else. So why bother? You may as well just focus on the behaviors, which is, I know my deficit. I know what I need to aim for. As long as I get a good amount of protein and everything else can come from anything. So say for me, I aim for like 220 grams of protein a day. That's me, because my- What is that? What does that come, what is that? Um, what, calorie-wise? Well, calorie-wise, and like, what does that look like, that, that, that many grams of protein? Not, not as much as it sounds. It's typically a couple of chicken breasts per day. I have this sort of like um, vegan breakfast type thing that I do, which I've recipe on my Instagram, shout out, obviously. Um, and then probably just like a bit of 
of some sort of seafood, like a bit of salmon or whatever. Like it's not, it's not that crazy. Probably. So what you're eating three times a day with like little bits yeah, in between, no, like? No, I don't even, eat, I don't even snack. But that's just me personally. I just don't care for snacks. It just doesn't bother me. I used to because I always needed something to make me feel better about myself. So it was a constant barrage of shit. But now I just, I like the structure of just brekkie lunch dinner. So maybe a bit of dessert. Maybe I'll have something before bed with, you know, me and the missus might have like a bit of popcorn or whatever, but that's it. As long as it's counted in, it doesn't really matter. So all I'm really aiming to do is to say me, let's say numbers are easy. 200, cal- 200 grams of protein is about 800 calories typically. That's typically, it's, it's, four, it's typically four calories per gram of protein, four calories per gram of carbohydrates, nine calories per gram of fat. So that's why traditionally in the 70s, 80s and 90s, it was all about low fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they were just trying to reduce the calories. Yeah. When actually we know now it's better to just keep fats moderate for hormones and actually carbs are the thing you can play with up and down. Not to demonize any food group, but that's the easiest way to look after yourself in terms of health and longevity. So that's all I do. It's simple. So, all right, I've got 800 calories from a protein. So that leaves me with, say, the person who's on 33,000 calories. I've got 2,200 calories now and it doesn't matter how I get them. Whether I have pizza, whether it's carbs, fats, whatever, it doesn't matter. As long as I don't, as long as I get my protein and I don't go over that other number, that's it. That's all I've got to focus on. I don't have to focus on anything else. And I'll just be active every day as I normally am, you know, walking a dog, playing with the kids. Maybe if I'm not playing with the kids because I'm, you know, single or, or childless or whatever, just get outside, go for a step, go on a bike, whatever it is, whatever, even just tidy the flat. I typically do like 2,000 steps before I even left the flat in the morning because I get up, empty the dishwasher. You know, this needs wiping down, washing needs it. It's just life chores keep you pretty active, believe it or not. It's a lot of your 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 um your neat, so your non-exercise related activity, or the bloody hell is. That is um just from day-to-day life. Just doing chores and looking after getting off the sofa and actually doing a bit around the house makes all the difference. So just focus on those, establish the behaviours, use your calculator after a month, go right, what's changed? If nothing's changed, which I guarantee you that's fucking impossible something will have changed. But if your weight's not changed, maybe your measurements have gone down. Maybe you've lost a bit off your tummy, your, your whatever. Because yeah. they're the two things I'd use to track. And then go, cool, this is cool. And even if now it's changed, but you're living a better, healthier, more fun lifestyle, then you've won. You, you, you've won anyway, because you've increased your life already by being active. So you, regardless of what the scales are. So something, say something has changed now, Ben, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. Do it then go reduce it by another 300? No, you do. Well, yes, yes and no. Yes. Um, if you go stagnant, but say if you weigh yourself again a week later and you've, you've lost again, there's no point in making it harder for yourself. You may as well ride that until it, it, you obviously you get a break and you drop again and drop again. Because if you drop too much in the beginning, and I'm telling you this right now as somebody who's spent, and I'm not joking, I'm close to a decade, and I mean this, embarrassingly painful as this is, as a decade who was just an extreme dieter, it doesn't work ever. It Never, and I, I'm not just saying this to because everyone everyone likes to think they know better. And I was that guy. I thought I knew better. I thought, oh well, you know, I can fucking do. What's this. an extreme diet look like for you? What what you to what you talking? Well, if about? you're just give me some examples. All right, so let's say when I was 28 stone, yeah, my BMR then was probably like six seven thousand calories a day. Point is me dropping down to sixteen hundred calories. Fucking ridiculous! Like you're never going to win that fight. Good luck because it just ain't going to happen. Well, you that's what you tried doing. Of course. Yeah, I'd go train like an animal. I'd go run my 10K or break my fucking ankles for an hour on a treadmill anyway. Then go do another hour's CrossFit style workout, intense, real aggressive. And I'd look at my watch and it'd say I burnt two and a half thousand calories and, and do all that. And then go back and barely eat and starve myself. And I'd sustain that for three, four days and your body's going to tap out. It's just going to, you're just physically just going to be exhausted. You're going to get depressed. You're going to get, it's going to send signals in your body to can make you shut down one way or another. That Your body will win that fight. I'm telling you now, no matter how much mental perseverance you've got. And even if you win that fight for 12 months and you're one of these guys who's on the front of Slimming World with his pants out to the side, you'll get fat again a year later. Promise you. Promise you now. Every single person who's done like the biggest loser USA and all that, all get fat again. Because it's not reality it's not sustainable you're not living in you can't live like that you can't live like a hamster wheel you can't live where everything's perfect and optimal and sat towards this one goal because you've got to live you want to get married you want to you've got to do all these things that require dating and socializing and networking and you know be successful in business it's pointless battering yourself for six months and saying i'll do this i've seen many lads do this a good friend of mine from back home he does this he goes to what he calls a fat camp every summer He's massive. He's about 30 stone. He's the same height as me. Really, really big lad. Comes back. Everyone celebrates how great he is. Gets on the drill. Eats like a madman. He's back where he was three months later. Does it every year. And he's convinced it works. And it's like, yeah, not really. Because over the scale of five years, you're exactly where you started. 
So if you just took a sensible approach, i.e. let's say, let's say you're someone who eats a pizza and a large cheesy chips every day. Let's say it's a large pizza. If I want to make sensible change, I take that large pizza and I can either chuck a slice away, sounds stupid, you'd never do it because why would you waste food? Or I can rather than get a large, I can get a medium. That's it, same food. And I've probably saved about 500 calories and it's the same food. So same ritual, the same behavior, the same junk food, same salt and crap that my body loves to eat and my emotions love to eat. Great, do that. Do that for a month, you'll still lose weight initially. But there will come a breaking point, a leverage point where all those behaviors don't work for you anymore. So you can get away with it, but eventually you just gotta go, okay, right, it's time to reel myself now. Sack that off, let's find some better behaviors. Cause you'll start to value yourself better. You'll want better results. You're spending actual somatic time making choices about where I wanna be in life. And all of a sudden you've built a new, a new level of self-respect for yourself. And all of a sudden you're like, you know what? If I don't do that and I go to the gym, I can do this and I can do this and I do that. Actually, yeah, I wanna get stronger at that. I wanna get faster at that. I wanna be able to broad jump. This is another thing, set yourself goals that are um, achievement-based, expressive-based, so you can value your body other than some of the looks and weight. You don't want to value yourself just on how you look and how you weigh, because it's completely arbitrary. Start to value it on like, can I touch my toes? Can I do a pull-up? Can I, you know, how far is my broad jump? Stuff like that, how fast can I run? Something that you can actually yeah. objectively sit back, look at the data and go, there's improvement there. Whether I, whether I, no matter how I feel about it or not, I've improved. And then you learn your feelings don't matter and it just comes down to facts. And then all of a sudden you fall in love with the process. That's how. That's what got me there in the end. Dave, you don't want to do this like full time. Um, man, it's just like the way you deliver stuff, mate. You're so like... Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you, it's just, I don't know, mate. I mean... I, it's like so many people need your help, mate. It's one of them, mate, where I think if I, if, I, if I want to do it, I think it will be in this format where it's just like not really a business-driven decision right, okay. and it's just free information. Yeah. And that's it. How much do you do that on your Instagram right now where you talk like this on a... Very rare. I used to do it a lot, but it, that's what kind of led to that that previous message we spoke about around right. in the wrong audience and the wrong brand. Yeah. Because um, <coughs> it just, I don't know, I, I, I actually don't understand why it happened, but I ended up, you know, with a heavily female audience that, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'd made content that was tailored towards uh, a general message around body positivity, which is typically consumed by women. So that's kind of why that happened. But nonetheless, it made it really difficult to support the guys I wanted to support, i.e. younger me. You yeah. know, that was really what was driving me because like, whether we like this or not, we only ever help ourselves. If you look at charity donations, people only ever donate to charities that they've been... Met feel, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very rare someone just donates to like, yeah. you know, something that they've had, they've not been affected by. It just is what it is. So yeah, it, it became difficult. So yeah, would I do it now? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's one of them where um, it's definitely valid information, but also on the same note, it's risky information as well because uh, you know everyone's got their own journey. Everyone's got their own thing, and and who am I to say this is the way it works? And who am I to say this is how? Yeah, you no, but do you it? can help people find their way of doing it, can't you? Just yeah. just with the way you talk, though, it's changed my perception on stuff. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I think a big thing mate, is like you know I get messages a lot. I get a lot of guys will sort of say you know I need motivation, and I'll be honest, I don't reply because they've already got it it's there the desire to change is your motivation that's what's the motivating factor yeah. what you don't have is discipline and this is a fact everybody's you'll hear that message on yeah, so many yeah, TikToks yeah, yeah. and stupid shit now yeah. but it's because it's true or maybe it's not because you don't have discipline maybe you do have discipline but maybe you've got fear of judgement maybe um, you're scared to, you know you don't want to be embarrassed in the gym you don't want to feel out of place you feel like it's not the place for you so maybe it's not that you don't have discipline you don't have motivation maybe you have those plentifold you're just scared of course you're scared. You've had to change your life. It's a daunting feeling. So you've got to switch to this granular approach Approach where, you know, well, a good friend of mine, a guy called DeAndre in Texas, he's lost a similar amount of weight, amount of weight to me, six foot seven, and he's, he's lost about 160, 170 pounds. He got featured in Men's Health. Really, really successful story. But he has a really, really, really good um, philosophy behind his approach was he didn't lose 170 pounds. He lost a pound 170 times. So he just won 170 times. He's like, why win once when I can win every week? Why, 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 why put Everest in front of me when I can win every single step up Everest? And then eventually I look back and I realize the, what I've done. And Beautiful. That's his, that's his approach. Beautiful. Think of a granular approach. And everyone always says, oh, you know, just keep putting one step in front of the other. But it's true. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta keep plugging. So if you're in a position where you wanna change and you, 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 the reason why you wanna change is because you know you're capable of it. That's the thing, you yeah. actually know. All of us know. We all of us know in the moment we're capable of something else, typically. And if we're not, if we don't have that feeling, it's because we're typically because we're happy. So that's good. If you don't have that feeling, sound, you're happy. But if you are in a position where you're like, oh, 
fucking that's I shouldn't be doing this yeah that is your body type that is your, your soul almost trying to guide you to be like knock it on the head now you know like listen to us just knock it on the head and that's that's it so yeah for me just granular wins take little wins and like I say why, why win once when you can win 100 times 50 times 200 times whatever your number is seems like a better life to me but yeah that's how I looked at it and where can people follow you, mate? Uh, socials are just Instagram, TikTok, and now YouTube. Um, so uh, Instagram and TikTok are Ben underscore J James, and then YouTube's like Ben James IG. So yeah. What are you doing on YouTube? What kind of thing are you doing? Well, potentially that's going to be the platform where I do this. Right. So right now I'm just using Shorts because it's easy, and I'm just republishing the same content on there. Yeah. But um, I think that's probably going to be where I do. I hope so, mate. Yeah, where I, I just so. sit and probably just. I think you need to. You need to. Just, just, just Loads of people it. need your help, mate. They really yeah. do. Look, I know everybody's got their own individual journeys, but like I feel like just listening to you can help them find their journey because you have got that attitude. But you're not yeah. saying one size fits all. Yeah, there, there is no one. There size isn't. Size. No. And you're just like, but this is what I did. This is maybe what could work good for you. Yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah, maybe. It's really important, isn't it? Yeah, so I think... That relationship with food is massive for everybody, even yeah. if people are overweight and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got to remember, I see now, like, I think we're probably wrapping up soon, but, like, one of the one of the points is around food at the moment is you're up against it, whether you like it or not. You are being targeted every single day in yeah. more and more intelligent ways by companies than you've ever, you've ever known. You've got smart notifications from Deliveroo. Uber Eats is tracking your yeah. usual routine of where you go and what, what time you get home so they can hit you with a notification. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you're be, you are being targeted, whether you like it or not. It sounds brutal, but you are. So now is the time, really, to have a conscious mindset around this and go, right, I need to protect myself because this isn't about me versus me. It's actually about me versus them at the same time. Like I've got to master me so that I can win against them because you are being bombarded on social media. Yes, the apps are listening to you. Every time you talk about something, it magically appears. That is happening. We do know that's true. You're not, you, 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 you need to warm up. You need to, if you have an issue with food, you need to start doing something about it because they, they just won't, it won't stop. It's just going to keep going. So just crack on. It's fucking scary, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit big brothery. Yeah, but it's true. It's right. Yeah, but yeah. It is the reality. Look, it's the world you're in now, whether you like it or not. You ain't ever going to escape this. Like all of us, in terms of social media and that sort of stuff, it, it is what it is. I know Apple yesterday launched the the new headset, which that reminded me of like an old Futurama episode where I think the character wakes up and there's an advert in his head because obviously they've integrated technology into the brain, and that to me just feels like yeah. that's probably going to be it, right? Like, you know, you've got people now, you've got these these big daft goggles, and they want you to wear it in the real world. It's got six cameras on, so they can listen and watch every single conversation, motivations, where do your eyes go when you watch a screen, all of that happens. You know, we can see it on apps now where Instagram knows what you're being caught out by, so it can see which zones you're spending your time on, where, where are you physically looking, because obviously they've got the yeah, cameras yeah, pointing yeah, at your yeah. eyes all the time. So if you're if they realise your eyes light up when you see food, they're going to start pestering you with food. So you are being micro-targeted. It sounds insane, but you are. So I'm not a conspiracy guy, truly not. It's just fact. It just it's just fact, that It just is what it is. Got to look after. He's got army self, everybody. Mate, it started 15 years ago. Instagram employed. They, they changed a lot of their headboards, a lot of their suite. So their senior, the C-suite came strictly from gambling companies. They sacked off a lot of their major creatives and just swapped them with gambling professionals. So experts, sorry. So teach so to learn how do we make people addicted? You know, what are they using? They shut the windows. They have no clock. Okay, how can we integrate that? Right, we'll do full screen token over so you can't see the battery and you can't see all that. So all that stuff has been going on for years. But now we're starting to actually see it in a crazy way. So if you're in that position, you want to change, go to warm up. Everybody go follow Ben. <laughs> Fuck's sake. He knows some shit. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>